Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 18. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. Today, we are joined by Terry August of Fanciful Fine Food and Baskets. Terry started Fanciful back in 1987 from her dining room table. Today, her business has grown into a famous fine food and gift shop on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, just a five-minute walk from Paramount Studios. A look into the fanciful shop reveals an array of fresh gourmet foods and wine to suit any taste. What sets them apart is the elite clientele they serve while still offering a comfortable and personable environment. I've just got to do some name dropping here so you truly understand Terry's business. They maintain a gift site and send gift daily for Sony Pictures. Conan O'Brien has been a client for years, as well as my all-time favorite, Michael Jackson. They send gift baskets for many celebrities, such as Jennifer Lopez and Charlize Theron. One of their most recent jobs is a large gift basket for Lily Tomlin, who was nominated for an Emmy. I think you get the feel here. All this sounds really exciting to me, but she says it's just part of working in Hollywood. Let's jump over to Terry now and see what else we can find out about her fascinating company. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sue. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Is there anything you'd like to add to your introduction before we get started? No, you summed it up pretty darn well. I mean, we've been around for 28 years, and yes, we do celebrities, but you know what makes me happy sometimes is when we do gifts for that 93-year-old grandmother who loves Bud Light, you know, and you just go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll put that in a basket for her. I mean, we, we like to say we're of the people for the people. We just like making people happy and sending out these little baskets of love. This is actually part two of our interview with Terry. She had so many valuable things to share that I decided to split it into two different episodes. If you've missed part one, just jump over to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 17, where she shares in detail how she started the business, her experiences in getting her very first Hollywood basket, and challenges she's overcome along the way. There's also a very heartwarming story that came about from listening to her intuition. It's really a not-to-be-missed discussion. And now, we'll jump into part two of our chat with Terry August from Fanciful. Talk to us a little bit about a promotion or some event that you've done that our listeners could also draw knowledge from that brought in more customers or somehow moved the needle in some way. I can think of two. I think one, it's not like a specific event, but what we were smart about at the beginning is 
We did this when we were first in business. We did a big business mixer and it was like a business to business expo that was put on to the Los Angeles chamber. And I was smart enough at the time to get this woman to write three survey questions and do surveys. And one of them was, wait, what here, do you want? which woman who, who oh, I, had, I had a woman that I know that I said, Hey, will you come down to the, our booth? And will you just ask people these questions and write down the answer? What do you want from a corporate gifting company? And what was interesting about that? And we probably talked to hundreds of people. When you do a survey, the beauty of it is you get their words. So you know what to put in your promo pieces. And a lot of people, I was surprised, said, we want one-stop shopping. I want it easy. I want to build one person for like flowers and gifts. I want to make it easy. I need really good customer service. So I took all these surveys and honed them down. And when I saw that one-stop shopping and convenience were big, well, I have a, I had worked for a floral shop, so I knew how to do flowers. So I went back, but I did some more classes. I had my staff do classes and we began to offer flowers in addition to our baskets. And I tell you, I mean, it's a really pretty big part of our business now. And like Sony, one reason we're on, we have a special website for Sony is they weren't happy with their florists. So they came to us because we could do flowers and we could do baskets. And that's an account that's worth about 70000 a year and has been for 15 years. I think it's so important to ask your clients questions because you might think you know the answer, but very often you don't or you, or you don't know how they would say it. Because when you're communicating to them, you want to say it in a way that indicates to them Another example was years ago, this was before the whole food thing was take off. I was going to do all this whole line of organics and I decided to send an email to my client and say, okay, would you be more likely to buy a basket that was organic, less likely, or does it matter? I was shocked at the number of people who said less likely. I was told ready to just, oh, everybody's just going to love my organic baskets because people had this concept that organic didn't translate into tasteful. And so then I knew that I had to, okay, if I'm going to do this, because I love organics, how do I, and people would say things like, yeah, cookies taste like tree bark. And they said all this weird stuff. And I went, wow, I had no idea that that would get that reaction. So even now, like we do vegan baskets and it's a big seller, but I sell it by going, you know, none of us are vegans, but we all love the food in this. Like I always tell them, I said, it has to be good to people who aren't vegans. And they go, oh, that's great. And they'll sell it. I mean, I sell a lot of vegan stuff that way. So I think talking and asking the right questions, don't assume that you know. The other thing we did, especially when it was really slow, we promoted a cheese tasting class at our shop and sold well over 300. We made enough that more than covered our costs and we got people in our shop and they bought a lot of stuff. So that those were the two things that I would say when you say promotional is like, always, always, always ask your client because you might think you know what they're saying, they're thinking, but you probably don't. And then I would say the only other like one thing we did in the event was like doing a coupon that got people into our store. We didn't try and do baskets through it because I couldn't make money on it. But by doing a cheese class, I got to promote number one, that we had great cheese. I got to promote our great food. And I would get 30 people at a time at a cheese class and they would buy, they'd, they'd spend an average of 20 to $30 when they'd come in. What jumps out to me about both of these things is it's not the traditional, oh, I did an event where I was selling product or I did some type of a discount. These were both things that you did that were interactions with the customer. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I can talk to a client and get inside their head, the better I can service them. And that's what we are. We are a service company. Yes, I make baskets and I make product. But gift baskets and flowers are really more an intangible. It's more a service business. They want something done. They have a problem and you need to solve it. Well, let's talk about that. 
on the customer service end, what do you do? How do you interact or what do you offer? Or what do you do, especially for your very prestigious clientele to make them feel special, valued? Because I'm sure with your elite clientele, they get that all the time. Mm -hmm. In terms of being special and important and attention given to them and all of that. But what do you do that's special? Well, number one, I have my husband, Wally August, on the sales line. And if you go to our Yelp reviews, if you see the number of people who say, Wally is the best. Wally just got what I wanted. He is, he is a master. So he's kind of my secret weapon. And luckily, I, I live with him, so I don't have to worry about him going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but what does he do? What, no. Yeah, I guess not. He's, he's an employee for life. <laughs> he's an employee for life. We're chained together. Um, no, what we do is we understand that these people are busy and we want life as easy as possible. So we are just competent. We are discreet. Our job from the beginning was we want to get all the data at the beginning so we never have to call them back. My husband, well, the other thing I have is Wally designed this amazing computer program that we're going to sell that is an amazing customer service program. So we have complete customer histories back to whenever the internet started. So people can call me and say, what did I send last year to my mom? Oh, you sent this. Oh, great. Can you do something a little bit different? Same price range. You got her address. Great. And they're off the phone in two minutes. Everything we've done with our business, everything we've organized, like the computer program we designed was all designed to make our customer experience better. We want to make their life as easy as possible. I have customers call us going, you know, I can't find this address for this client. Do you have it? I know I sent them something. And we do. I want to be the rut that they can't get out of. I want to make their life so easy. I don't want to give them my problems. I don't care if they're calling at four o'clock in the afternoon and need something way across town. I will never say, and we school our people, you don't say, oh my God, it's late. Are you kidding? We go, well, sure, we can do that. Our driver's out, but we're happy to call a courier unless you have a courier you'd like to call. And sometimes a courier is too much for them, so they do it. But if you can get it there tomorrow, it'll, you know, we can do that. I don't want to give them my problems. I want to handle their problem. And they can make that choice of, yeah, it's worth paying $40 to get it across town. No, I'll wait and do it tomorrow for 15 So our job is just to kind of handle our clients. We have big tastings in our shop for our clients. We send them little gifts all the time. New clients all get a welcome to fanciful gift. Every week we, we have a list. Our computer prints out a list of new clients and we send them a letter with a $10 off coupon for an order of $50 or more. We do a lot. At Christmas time, we send our stellar clients their list from last year with a gift basket so they can like eat and, you know, we just kind of pamper them. And my husband is great. What I love is when he has to call somebody like on a sales call I listen to him and he'll say things like is this a good time to talk he's just very polite and and if they say yes he always makes sure he gets their agreement that Mm -hmm. it's okay he's very respectful and I gotta say this sometimes I listen to him with a client and I go if I was a client I would never go to anyone else I said you are so he's just he's and my my other guys are all this way too they're very friendly we make friends for life I mean we we've watched people's children grow I have this one big client who's a caterer to all the celebrities. I remember I used to help him get gifts for his kids when they were like four and six. And now his daughter's like through med school. That's how long people stay with us because we just kind of treat them like they're part of the family. And our job is to make their life easy. And I think they really know that. And if we do make a mistake, 
I fix it so thoroughly that they tell everybody how amazing we are. Because I know if they're mad at you, they're going to tell everybody in their office. But if you fix it and send them a little something, it doesn't cost anything. It costs nothing to keep that client. And then they get a package or a, hey, we're really sorry. And they get some chocolates. Everybody in the office knows how great Fansful is. So it's like you can't be penny wise and pound foolish. Sometimes customers want their money back. You go, okay, that really cost me $20. If I keep this client for 20 bucks. It's worth it. So it's always being aware of that, that the client is really important. Exactly. And I have to ask you, how big is your customer list? I don't know. It's, it's a few thousand, several thousand. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people just use us at Christmas. And no matter what we do to try and get them to order through the year, they just, corporations, like, yeah, they just order at Christmas. And they've ordered every Christmas forever, you know. And then um, we get people who use us through the year. You know, we have, like, a camera company uses us every week. We have weekly clients. We have yearly clients. And we're always going to do 50% of our business at the end of the year. It doesn't matter how busy we are through the year. We'll just have more business at the end of the year. It's just the way it is. It's the way this business is structured. As are most gifting companies, just by nature of gifting, the majority of your business is going to come in during the holidays last quarter. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, we're going to move now into the reflection section. This is a look at you and what's helped you with your success along the way. We've talked a little bit about some of this before, but I'm going to have you answer the question anyway. What is one natural trait that you have that's helped you to succeed? Oh, I would say I'm gutsy. I'm very gutsy. It's not that I'm not fearful. Certain amount of courage that I'll do it anyway. Going back to the Vonnegut quote, like I go to the edge so I can see. And I'm just willing. I think it's because my dad was 25 years in the military and I was born on a military base. I think I have that kind of drill sergeant like, okay, troops, we're going to get it done. And I think that's really it. I think it's just I have this persistence. I have a never say die quality to me that it will all work out somehow. And how do you apply that to the business? Every day I go in and and there's always challenges. There's always things. Business is good. Business is bad. Clients ask for impossible things, but I'm pretty fast on my feet. And so when somebody needs something, I'm the one. I think it's why we've grown because I think what I get a lot from my clients is like they'll call and say, when can I get this? And I go, we can do this the same day. And they go, really? I can make the impossible happen. If somebody needs something, I'll find it. I'll get them a sample within days. I think we're very lucky to be in LA too, because I have a lot of resources. But I think it's helped because I don't think I would have survived some of the crashes in the economy if my husband and I together weren't just persistent and gutsy and said, okay, how do we figure this out? How do we make this happen? We're going to take the chance. We're not going to never say die. Let's just figure it out. And I also think I'm a really logical person. I get the scene in front of me and I'm really, I'm the kind of person you want around in an emergency because I'm really, really, I do think this is all like the military training like my dad had because I am him sometimes. And I can go, this is important, this is important, this is important, this isn't important. Let's get this done. Clients need to be taken care of. They bring money in. So take care of the clients, get the samples done first. And I will stay till midnight if I have to, to make sure my clients get their samples and their orders on time, you know? So I'm pretty good at that and just having the energy to, no matter how tired everybody is, go, okay, guys, Paramount once needed, oh, it was a $100,000 order. First week of December, you know, they needed, I can't remember how many baskets, three different baskets, thousands. And they needed to approve the samples and get them all made and delivered in two weeks. And we did it because I just do it. I went, okay, who's local? How do I do it? Here's your samples. I have to have this approved. 
we'll get it done. I hired a crew of four people, put them up in a spare warehouse we happened to have. We got it done in, two, in less than two weeks. So you're giving me the impression that you never say no to a client. Unless I really think it's not our client. There are people who aren't your clients and you have to realize that. I don't do a lot of wholesale. I've done it, but that's not where we shine. There's times when people want things that just go, "Mm, it's not totally, I don't think we can serve you. There's times when you just go, I don't think we can serve you, but I will often refer them to somebody who can because then when they do need me, they'll come back. And that happens a lot too. Prop people will call me and go, Okay, everyone said you know everything in L.A. <laughs> you might. I don't know. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm my head. That's why I don't sleep at night. I have so many vendors. I know people everywhere, but I'm like a Swiss Army knife. I have a lot of functions, but I do. I know a lot of vendors. I've been doing it 28 years, so I know where my distributors are. I can drive down and pick up supplies if I have to. If I say yes to a target, I'm not going to not make that target. I just I'm not sloppy. So you'll say yes to gutsy challenges, but you also analyze the challenges to make sure they're ones you want to take on. Exactly. And you know, you err and you go, what? You're in the middle of a really terrible order and going, what the heck? But I'm also a policymaker. I had a friend once who used to lecture all over Europe on executive and and running companies. And he'd say, you are a natural born executive because anytime anything happens, even if we just like miss a movie or something, I'll always go, okay, policy for next time. We call the theater first to make sure there are tickets. And he goes, you always do that. And it's funny because I do always do that. Like if I'm into something, okay, let's write a policy on this. This is something we have to watch for. So I'm always kind of like (laughs) writing these, like I'm always learning from every experience and then formulating a future from that. Like we did a huge thing for Bristol Farms, which is a local high-end grocery store. And we did wholesale for them. And it was great. And it was a lot of money. But when I looked at the profit on it, I went, you know what? Not exactly where we belong. And it was great for the prestige, but it was like, that was a lot more work. I can make more money doing this, but it was great to do it. And I'll experience anything, right? I'm willing to experience anything. And then from that, formulate the next phase. Well, and you live and learn. You know, I'm sure there's some jobs you've taken that you, like you said, you wish you would have never done, but now you know. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Cry? No, you're just going to move on and create your future. The other thing that I really want to emphasize was when you were saying that, you know, no, you don't take every single job, but if there's a job that you're going to take a pass on, you provide them with a solution. You tell them who else in the area will be able to do it for them or give them other ideas possibly of things that you would be able to do to provide the solution that they're looking for. Yeah, like somebody recently wanted to bring a bunch of balloons. We have a helium tank. I wanted us to blow up 100 balloons. And I don't know. I didn't want to blow up 100 balloons. So I said, you know, right down the street is Vine American Party Store. I'm sure they're happy to do that for you. I mean, I made it nice. I never want to be snotty. You know, you always have to treat people really well. It's that love thing. You know, it's always outflow it. Take them from a viewpoint of like, you know, I I, I want to help you. I want to help you solve your problem, but I'm not the one that's going to solve it. But Maybe talk to these guys because this is what they do. You know, for me, balloons is kind of a side thing and I don't want to sit and blow. I mean, I've done big balloon bouquets, but not someone bring it in and I, you know, I'm like, no, let's just let it go. Right. I mean, back to the point about customer service and love, even if they're not going to be your customer, you want them to walk away feeling like the interaction with you was positive. Exactly. It's all PR and it's all about creating a nice world. So to do that, you have good manners. You know, it's all it takes is having really good manners, which is just sort of like letting people know that they're important, that even though they want something or their price point, you know, you can't do what they want. You don't have to be rude about it. You can still be respectful of them and who they are. Very good point. What tool do you use regularly to help keep productive or to create balance in your life? 
balance? What's balance in my life? (laughs) Now, I would say good planning and targeting is really important. I can go into work and I can stay busy for eight hours easily. Do I advance my business? Did I get done important things? No, I could sit and rearrange shelves. Like we have a lot of projects. We're updating our website. We are creating a new website for the store so people can buy things online. We're updating our customer service program. We have so many things going right now that if I don't have it laid out with targets, like, okay, we're going to get meet with the web designer today and we're going to get this done. And we're going to get, if I don't have that done I could just be a heap of confusion. So planning and with good, like, here's a project, here are the plans, here are the targets when we want to get them done. It allows me also to delegate and say, okay, Peter, who's one of my front office people, I need you to get this done and I need answers by Friday. It allows me to outflow and not try and do it all. Because if it's all in your head, then you're responsible for it. And so that is probably one of the it's, it's something that is so important that sometimes I fall back on it. And I'm actually going to do another little planning class just so I get it renewed. And then I'm putting it up. I just installed a big bulletin board so we can put some of these projects up on the board so we can see them. So when we kind of have a minute, we go, because that's what will tell me what my battle plan every day is. Because we have targeting sheets for our employees. And I can go to Peter, okay, today, let's finish up this. But hey, we haven't worked on this cycle. Let's get that done. So I think that and then really scheduling like travel time. I love to travel. And I think that's the other thing that creates balance. If I don't decide to just go, Wally, you and I like in September, Wally and I are supposed to go to New Orleans for a week. And I'm just doing it because I need to get away. And we need to think and absorb and learn. And even like when my kids were younger, luckily I get a lot of air miles. We would take them for a month and we'd go to France and we'd go to England and we'd, you know, we just do things so that we could spend time as a family. And it was heartening for me recently. I was at dinner with my daughter and her boyfriend and listening to her talk about some of our adventures in Italy and places we stayed and funky places we stayed and laugh. And her boyfriend was just cracking up and I went, oh my God, I've given them a rich life you know, kind of being aware that there's all these areas of life we operate in. I operate as a wife. I operate as a business owner. I operate as a mother. I operate in my groups, in my church groups, in different groups. I operate as a member of mankind. I operate on all these different levels and know that all those are part of my life. Sometimes some of them have to suffer, like during the Christmas season. Everyone knows that I have to focus just on the business, but I really consciously work on then working on other areas of life when I'm out of work and making sure I'm putting attention and helping groups that I really want to help. I'm helping a group called Root Down that helps some of the kids in the inner city learn about food, learn how to cook, plant gardens, and that kind of thing. That's really important. So I try and also schedule those things so I don't feel like everything is always about fanciful. Right. If you don't schedule it, it's not going to get done. Exactly. Oh, no, it's not. And that's all part of planning. Like you have to plan your personal life and your time off, which sounds silly, but it's like, okay, Wally, we're not doing anything this weekend. Wally was sick this weekend and he is not a couch potato. But I said, you've got to learn how to binge watch on Netflix because that's what you need to do right now is you have to lay on the couch. He goes, what's, what's this? I go, you like put on 30 Rock and you watch about four episodes in a row. I said, that's what you need to do so you don't get up and work and you can get over your strep throat. And he loved it. But I go, no, this is what you do. This is what you do when you don't feel good. You better watch out. He might start loving it too much. <laughs> no, I doubt it. He's worse than I am, man. He's always got something going. I also want to point out what Terry's talking about in terms of her daughter reminiscing on trips that they did in the past. Terry's been in business for so long that if she didn't do that type of thing, just get herself away and let herself have a break from the business, there's no way you could have longevity in a business such as she has right now. You've got to be able to find time to get your 
yourself away, whether it's daily, taking a walk, trips, going on vacation. Clearly, you have to be there during the peak times of your business, but you do also have to get away or you're not going to make it. It's critically important for everybody starting a business to do that. Totally true, because that's one reason I started a business, because I wanted to be able to go away. I wanted to be able to travel and still be making money. So I've always set my business up from the beginning to operate without me. And that's why policies and how to do things in a good computer system. So Wally and I don't need to be there if there's a special customer. Anybody can look up that customer history and know what they did in the past. And we have notes on the special customers. I still am the head designer. So if there's something, I remember once sitting in Sicily and having to help somebody with a really special order, a really good client. But that was fun. I was sitting on a beach in Sicily. Yeah, I'm not feeling too sorry for you, Terry. Oh, it was lovely. (laughs) I was eating lamb chops, looking at the Mediterranean. It was great. What book have you read lately that you think are listeners could find value in? I read one that I really enjoyed. It's a business book. It's called David and Goliath by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And it's like David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. And it's a really easy read, but it's really good, I think, for small businesses because he really gets into how... By being smaller sometimes, there's a, he, number one, he tells this great story of David and Goliath and how it was mismatched in that in many ways, David with his slingshot was better positioned than this big giant with all this armor. And he uses that as kind of a metaphor for how as a business, and I think that's why we survived the big crash is we were small. I could let go of one. I didn't have thousands of employees to get rid of. I didn't have tons of product. But how as a small business, you can use that to your advantage. And he gives you story after story and interesting stories of people who have done just that with one good idea or being able to be a little wiry and being able to change. Like you're like in this little, you're not on the big Titanic. You're in the little boat and go around that iceberg. It's a really easy and interesting read. He's quite a good writer. You know what? You're the second person who's recommended that book lately. And so I'm just now going to have to get it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. He's a great writer. He's written some other ones. Was he the one who did Blink and some other stuff? And he's a good nonfiction writer. Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like Terry is talking about for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. So Terry, our time is starting to wind down here, but we have arrived at the dare to dream question. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside? Well, it's a very nice future. Well, number one, I would be spending at least a month in Paris every year and speaking really good French. But I also see the future a fanciful as being a community center. It would be a place where people would come and they could have a cup of tea, there'd be some food, but also be like, a, there'd be kind of like a permanent farmer's market, different local vendors. There'd also be maybe a space for a gallery so we could have different shows, maybe even some music. I'd have a teaching kitchen and it would be a place where people could come and they could learn about food or they could be like author readings or they'd find the latest, greatest vendor and, you know, artisan in the community who's making something. There might be potters there doing demonstrations, but it would be this great center in the middle of like Hollywood, I think, that would just be full of create. Vonnegut says, doing artistic things or paraphrasing makes your soul grow. And I think 
that would be what I would really envision. But it would be so well run that I wouldn't have to be there all the time and I would still be traveling. But it would be this huge center where people would just want to come because there would always be something happening. That sounds so cool. And it merges back in what Wally's done with his music and what you've done with all of your interests your whole life. Can I be the very first one to enter? Yes. Come in, Sue. You're welcome. I'll make you a cup of tea or coffee, whichever you like. Wine. (laughs) Oh, I will open you a lovely wine, depending on what kind you want. White, red. We've got all sorts. Nice glass of wine, a beautiful cheese plate. I think I know you like blue. I've got a great blue cheese for you. And your set of apple, a little bit of local made jam. Oh, I'm there. I'm there already (laughs) before this even exists. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of my dream. So if that was it, that would be what I would do. Something tells me that that's very achievable for you since you are so gutsy, logical, (laughs) systematized, and a dreamer. How about that? (laughs) That that kind of sums it up. That's great, too. (laughs) So, Terry, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, we have a website, which is www.fancifulwith2ls.com. My email, if anybody wants to get hold of me, is terry, T-E-R-R-Y, at fanciful.com. And follow us on Instagram. I love Instagram. That's Fanciful Baskets. And we also have a Facebook page under Fanciful Gift Baskets and Twitter. But I love Instagram and Facebook the best. So I'd love to get more followers on Instagram. We put up tons of great photos. It's really one of my favorite toys right now. Wonderful. And Gift Bizzers, as you know, if you jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com, you'll find Terry's show notes page, and that will have all the links to all of her contact information. Also, a lot of information based on what we've been talking about through our time together today. Thank you so much, Terry, for all of this valuable information. You had said to me during our pre-chat that you had had a whole pot of coffee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had. I, 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 totally, I totally get that now. <laughs> I, it was all espresso, too. I did an espresso pot. Oh, my word. I warned you. I said, oh, my God, I hope I don't talk too fast because I did the whole <laughs> pot. Because Wally's been sick and didn't share it with me. So I drank it all. Well, you have been absolutely fabulous. And again, thank you so much for sharing your journey and all of your insights. And may your candle always burn bright. Thanks, Sue. Same to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information.